The Barroom Network presents two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on the Bear Debate. This is David Kaplan from the Cap J Hood Show on ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Now get ready to listen and watch the Bulls 101 with Chris and Laro. Take that, Sparkles. What's up, guys? Welcome into Bulls 101, the Saturday evening, November 20th. Laro Golden, as always, to discuss the Chicago Bulls, who just finished a five-game road trip on along the West Coast, where they went three and two and almost went four and one and probably should have, but pretty exciting road trip. One of the most successful we've had in long as I can remember, <laughs> beat beat the Nuggets for the first time since 2006, back when Ben Gordon was lighting it up. So uh, pretty cool stuff. We're going to talk about that tonight as well as the upcoming schedule. But first, Laro, how are you doing? I know you just got back from an exciting event yourself. So, so uh, <laughs> how was your evening, man? Oh, uh, man, the evening was great, man. Um, uh, right after work, I kind of just, you know, met up with the fam and uh, ended up having some fun. Um, wasn't feeling too, too well after work today, still feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, but I gotta, I gotta rock through with my boy for the show. You know what I mean? Um, so we could talk some bulls. I appreciate um, you hanging out with me, man. 
Yeah, man. Um, I love this, man. I love this. I look forward to this every Saturday. Um, is there's there's not there's I, there's not too many other things I'd rather be doing than this. You know what I mean? So um, I appreciate this, man. I'm ready to just talk some bulls and in, in that successful uh, uh, West Coast trip. As exciting times. I I've been really busy this week, and then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something for about 20 seconds that probably absolutely nobody will care about. <laughs> but me <laughs> but um when i was growing up I, I i was a big reader st still like reading great books and one of the one of the series i read as a kid is a fantasy series called the wheel of time and the wheel of time was just put into production by amazon prime and the first episode set of episodes came out for the first season like, like two days ago it's supposed to technically it's supposed to be friday but it came out thursday night west coast time and uh, I've been obsessed. So if, if anyone, <laughs> I don't think basketball and fantasy uh, series have any overlap whatsoever. But if anyone's interested, uh, definitely go check that out. If you've read the books and don't know that there's a show, man, I'm, I'm so stoked. Uh, I'll have to talk to you about it later, but I'm so happy. Uh, I'm just like geeking out as a kid for a little <laughs> bit about, uh, you know, it's like Lord of the Rings coming to the screen for the first time kind of thing. So yeah, um, that was really fun. But this game, I mean, this this road trip, man, was a trip. Yeah, I mean, the man. first so the first game, I know we talked about um, the Warriors game. Yeah, last week uh, got completely blown out. Um, and then we talked about the the previous games against the the Mavericks and against um, the Brooklyn Nets. But then we had our show Saturday night, Sunday, and Monday. They had a back to back versus the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah. Both both good teams. I know the Lakers are going through it right now. Um, I privately thought that they were going to just trash the Lakers, but I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to put that karma on anybody, especially myself. Um, but when they when they handled the Clippers on last Sunday, I was really impressed. I think that was the most complete game, offensively and defensively, that they had had up to that point in the season yeah. against a, a quality opponent. I mean, Paul George. Uh, is a great, great player, and, and he he still got his points, but we made it really tough for him, kept yeah. the rest of the guys contained. The defense was phenomenal. Uh, just was really impressed with that, especially with Vooch out. And after that thrubbing we've got in Golden State, um, is that a word, thrubbing, flubbing? Right. It sounds good there's, to me. There's a word, thumping. I don't know. There's there's some, some word with a TH in there. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was really a great comeback victory. Uh, a great bounce back victory, I should say. And then the Lakers game just from the jump, just destroyed the Lakers. Clearly the better team uh, on the floor. They didn't have LeBron obviously. Um, but even with LeBron, they've looked pretty vulnerable this season. The yeah. Lakers, they, they lost to the thunder twice. They, they've had some, a rough start. Um, just a great game though. And, and then, uh, then we had Portland, and at one point, we we're up by 20 against Portland. Um, had a really sloppy third third quarter. Some terrible, terrible officiating in the first half. <laughs> Just awful officiating. Um, that got a little bit better in the second half, but still, like, kind of kept them in the game when it should have been out of their reach. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, just just some, uh, you know, shots that Damara was making a couple of games ago, have been making all year, just weren't falling. Same with Zach. And uh, just barely lost that one. And then last night, 
I think it was last night. Yeah, the last night against the Nuggets. Yeah. Um, pretty back and forth game all the way up to the end. The Nuggets, I was really impressed with the Nuggets. I mean, Aaron yeah. Gordon was having the game of his life. Yeah. And Facundo Campasso was just annoying the crap out of everybody and, and just drilling threes. So I thought there was some, some pretty incredible shot making from, from the Nuggets there. Um, but overall, just a really solid victory. I thought down the stretch, the Bulls, you know, just got enough shots together, got enough trips to the foul line just to, you know, to survive uh, against the Nuggets team that is very, very good, very seasoned, even though they didn't have their three stars. Still a lot of quality role players. It's at home. It's on the end of, a, you know, four games in six days for the Bulls. They've, you know, come off a, t- a tough loss. Like it, there was a lot of, I, I think I tweeted about it, but there's a lot of things going against the Bulls and against the Nuggets and both teams really put together. I thought a really enjoyable performance to watch at least. Um, so anyways, I, 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 went, I just want to give a, a quick synopsis of the five games, but wanted to see what stood out to you. Let's Maybe we can start with the Clippers game. What, yeah. what stood out to you in the Clippers game uh, from what the Bulls did from an offensive or defensive standpoint or just overall? I mean, that game, like you said, man, like I felt like I totally agree with you. Like I felt like that was the game where everything came together. Like it was the one game where the defense was stellar. The offense was looking really well, really good. And um, I mean, I think Paul George went seven for 25 that night. Um, yeah. If I remember right. Um, and I mean, to be able, that, that's one thing, right? Like we know that Alex Caruso and Lonzo ball are like our, our absolute engines to the, to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, you kind of wanted to see what would happen going against a guy like Paul George, like a like a, a superstar in my book, you know, a, a guy that's a great two way player. And you can say whatever you want to say about his playoff situation, things like that. But like in regular season, uh, Paul George is one of the best players uh, on, on the perimeter. And I wanted to kind of see how that how that would look. And uh, that was that was uh, that was amazing for me to see. Right. Uh, I, I knew that. Because because the thing is, like, really, really great defenses that that you think about in the past, like it was all about, like, having that center, like that center that, like, set the tone, rim protection. Um, and, you know, like. So it, it's kind of it's still taking some time for me to get used to with having two guards be the engine and for for them to do what they did to to Paul George. Um, that was one thing. And I know we're going to get to the to the um, uh, the Blazers and then we're going to get to uh, oh gosh, why am I blanking out? But um, what they I mean, against the Nuggets last night, like what they did to my everyone. <laughs> yeah, oh, my. Yes. Everyone. Yeah, Will, Will Barton got lit up. Uh, Monte Morris couldn't even take a shot. I mean, man, those guys. It's unbelievable, man. And I continue to because we we said it like I remember before we uh signed uh DeMar DeRozan um and before uh actually uh, before Caruso um I remember there was somebody in our chat I can't remember what it was, it was like yo we should think about getting DeMar DeRozan and I think me and you were kind of on the same page where it's like well hold on Let's see. Let's see how these things. Let's see the rest of the signings first before we start talking about Demar because, like, his defensive ability um, was something that everyone that's an NBA, an avid watcher of the NBA, and 
watched a lot of Spurs game, watched a lot of Toronto Raptors games with Duran. Like that's something that you were really worried about compounded with Zach and Vooch. Um, you worried about if you could have enough defense while, you know, also having enough offense. Um, and once we signed Caruso, then we were both kind of like, okay, yeah, let's go get him. You know what I mean? Um, but honestly, man, DeMar has been like, yes, every now and then he'll, yes, he'll get beat off the dribble. You know, like there is DeMar, but like for the most part, I've been impressed with him off ball. I've been impressed with him defensively this year. Um, yeah, completely. Uh, He has been way more consistent in his rotations. The whole team has really been on a string. There's still breakdowns. I mean, and that's going to happen. Like I'm sure coaches realize that it's just about stringing together 48 minutes worth of, of quality play on both ends. Uh, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have your scoring droughts. You're going to go three minutes without scoring. You're going to, you're going to get back cut or you're going to, you know, not rotate correctly all the time, but you want to minimize those things. And I think the bulls, I mean, to their, to their credit and you know, the stats back it up, they've been an elite defense yeah. up to this point in the season with, as you mentioned, three stars that are not known and have never been positive impact defenders or never, you know, never really shown that with any consistency. Now, Vooch has been part of good defensive teams as a center, and he can work well within the system, but he's never been an individually, you know, he doesn't pop uh, defensively as an individual. DeMar has been a part of very bad (laughs) defenses and has, he, he and Zach have had a lot of, you know, a lot of miscues on that end. Yeah. All three of them, and not, you know, especially uh, Damar and Zach uh, over this road trip, have been really, really good. I know we talked about last week that Zach had quietly kind of regressed in some points or had, had been more consistent. After we had that conversation last Saturday, I thought this week he was yeah. much, much more like the end of last season and like the Olympics, Zach, we've seen. He was... He was getting into guys, and uh, there's Alonzo and Caruso have gotten a lot of love this week as well. Um, I think Kevin O'Connor had an, an article about him. Our, our friend Jackson Frank had an article about uh, the Bulls' defense and, and highlighting those guys, and just the chaos that they are are empowered to create on that sure. end. And, and you know, Demar and Zach and Javante, and I mean, everybody has been just it's just really impressive like it's so much yeah. fun it's i don't know about you but i'm having so much just fun watching them and i i've always enjoyed watching good defense yeah but this defense is different it's yeah. not just good it is chaotic it's for the other team it, it creates opportunities creates events that are bad for the offense and good for our defense yeah it's just fun i i think what uh, you've said this uh, i think you tweeted it um, and I think it's complete, like it's, you know, it's kind of satire, but at the same time, like it's so true, right? Is you don't have to worry about rim protection if they can't even get to the rim. You know what right. I mean? And it's like, that's so true. Like that, that's just so true. And when you have Caruso and Lonzo out there doing what they do, man, um, it's tough for opponents, man. It, it's it's really tough, but it's fun for us to watch because like, that's something that we love to see. Um, I remember when we signed Caruso, you know, people were like, Oh, why are you, why Caruso? You know, Caruso, this yeah. Caruso, that this isn't a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're seeing it. 
every night you're seeing it. Um, what I love before you go there, before you're gonna say what you say, um, I, what I Sorry. love about Alice Caruso is like you could tell that he loves he, like there are some people that, that there's some players that are like, man, I'm more than this. Like I'm, I should be able to do this. Like I, I should be able to do that. Like no Caruso is like, I know my role. I, I know what I'm here to do. And you just, he takes pride in it. And that's one of the things I love about it too, man. Like he knows that like he could, he could probably put up a couple more points a game. He could probably maybe get a couple more assists a game, but he knows this is why I'm here. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And yep. man, he's been doing it. Yep. He knows his role and he's a star in his role. I mean, if anyone's a star in their role, Alex Caruso is like, he doesn't, he doesn't play outside of himself. He, he plays to his strengths because he knows we, we got Zach, we got Tamar, we got Vooch. And he even said this in, a, in, a, in an interview, I think with, um, I can't remember if it was with, I think it was with uh, the JD Reddick podcast, but he oh, was yeah. like, we got, you know, we're, we're, we're making plays for them. Like we're, we're, we're putting together actions for those guys. You know, me and Lonzo know that we're not, we're not the primary guys eating. We're, we're there to facilitate and, and grease the wheels of the offense. And, you know, if I get an open shot, I'm going to take it, but it's got to be within the flow. He's not out there freestyling on the offensive yeah. end, but what, what Jackson Frank pointed out is they're able to freestyle a little bit on the defensive end because they can rely on that string on those guys behind him. And especially in this road trip, I think it's been so impressive to see, you know, the, they've been switching one through four with Vooch yeah. on the floor, with Bradley on the floor, but now with dark, with Derek Jones at oh. the five and even Javante green at the five we've seen in spurts, they're switching one through five and they are causing absolute havoc <laughs> for opposing offenses. And it's, you watch Caruso and, it, and here's the value of Caruso. He is a proactive defender. He's not mm. a reactive defender. And it's very, very different because reactive defenders let the kind of let the offense come at them and then yeah. they react to it. And they, they, you know, and so they're always just a, a little bit late. And it doesn't mean that they're bad defenders. It can be you can be a good defender and be reactive. But you watch Caruso, he's so good at screen navigation that he blows up the initial action, right? They're they're trying to run a dribble handoff. And they can't even run a dribble handoff because he they can't hand it off because Crusoe's, you know, he's 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 smushing his way into the middle of it. He's blowing up that play. And so then they got to go to the next thing. Okay, let's try, you know, let's try and run this pick and roll. They can't run the pick and roll because they can't get around that screen. Crusoe's already in front of him and he's he stonewalls them. They can't get into the paint. They can't dribble, they can't get a dribble penetration. And then at that point, they got eight seconds left on the clock, and they're just trying to throw it around. And then they're like left in an ISO or, you know, and then he'll like poke the ball away from you with four seconds left. And you saw it with Monte Morris. He, he blew up all sorts of actions on that play. And then at the end, he poked the ball away from Monte Morris. So Monte Morris had to basically take like a fadeaway, you know, 28 footer from, uh, you know, along the baseline. And Cruz was just sitting there with this, you know, Rufio hands up there waiting to just snatch it from him. Like that's, that's the type of thing that Cruz does is, he prevents the offense from even running the play in the first place. It's it's not about just, you know, being in the right position and getting your hands up and contesting. A lot of defenders are like that. And if you can do that, you can be a good defender. But he goes way beyond that. And Lonzo's the same way. They're just so smart. They anticipate what's coming. 
they've studied these guys. They, they know the plays. They're calling them out. And that can completely transform, and we've seen it transform, the, the Chicago Bulls defense. Man, I, 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 I tweeted it, man. I, I said, I don't – like, Davion Mitchell is the, the rookie uh, for the Kings. He's also very, yeah. very fun to watch on ball as well. But I've, I've ne- like, okay, you know I do this from time to time. But like with the Bears, right? With the Chicago Bears, for a lot of a lot of my live my time living and being a Bears fan, there wasn't a lot of a lot of times where I'm like, man, I can't wait to watch this offense. Like, if you grew up as a Bears fan, a lot of the times, like you 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 were all about Brian Urlacher. You're you're about Julius Peppers when he was here. You you know Lance Briggs, Peanut Tillman. And the defense was what you like. Oh man, I can't wait to see the peanut punch. Oh man, can't wait to see how many sacks Julius Peppers gets. And it's like that for me with Caruso right now. Like, of course, like I love the offense. Don't get me wrong. I love what the Bulls are doing offensively with DeMar DeRozan and, and Zach and Vooch and the rest of those guys. But like I absolutely am dialed in on the defensive end when Caruso's on ball. Like, there's I mean, the things that he does like the technique, the body control, the core strength, like, I mean, he's, man, like the things that he was doing to Denver, like they wanted to get to certain actions and they just couldn't, like they just could, there was nothing they could do. And if it wasn't for an Aaron Gordon having probably the best game of the season, um, and I mean, he hit some, some tough shots, man. Like, Oh, the, the fadeaway baseline with two oh, guys on him. Gosh, come on, that—that's yeah. wild know, play. That's crazy. But like, I feel like we could probably, if we just had a whole show just for Caruso and Lonzo, like we we we'd be able to have a whole show. We'd be able to yeah. just break down tape and talk about certain things. Like, wow, man. Like, yeah, Aaron Aaron Gordon, ten of twelve for twenty eight points. Facundo Campasso. Four or five from three. I think he went four for four in like the fourth quarter or something. The, the dudes just could not miss. Um, Will Barton, nine of 16. Uh, he got, <laughs> man, it was, it's so much fun to watch. That, that was a good game. That was a good game. Yeah. That was, we needed every, we needed every advantage in that game because Denver is really, really, really hard place to play. But anyways, oh, I'm getting yeah, ahead man. of myself here. Getting ahead of myself. Let, let's talk about the Lakers game. Mm. Because that one, I think, was the most fun to watch because there was there was a certain satisfaction of just going into L.A., yeah. the Staples Center, and just absolutely thrashing the Lakers. I mean, it was an absolute thrashing. Like, we are up by 17, I think, at some point in the first quarter or maybe in the early second. And then it kind of fluctuated between, like, 10 and 17 points for the whole second quarter. Then the third quarter, they got it down to like six or seven or something at one point. And then we just went on this huge run in the third quarter. And then Anthony Davis got ejected when we were up by like 20-something points. And it was, game was over. Game was over. But I, they was, <laughs> it was showtime. They went, in, they went into the Staples Center, and they became the Showtime Lakers Yeah, in Staples Center. I, I just um, – wow, man. That game – like, okay. Coming into the game, you're like, we're small. Vooch is, Vooch is out. Um, 
Tony Bradley, you don't know who, you know, he did well. Tony Bradley did well defensively on, on mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Davis, but there were, you know, it's tough to play Tony because there's still some things that he needs to work on, um, especially with the Bulls, how they want to run their offense in the short, you know, if, if teams are going to double or, or show two at the uh, at Zach or, or DDR, like they got to get the ball out of their hands, hit that short roll and try to take advantage of the advantage they may have. Um, and Tony's just not there yet. Um, I think over time, getting in those situations, he will get better. But at the mm -hmm. same time, when Vooch comes back, we won't need him to do it as much. You know? But, um, like, DJJ. I, they found I, a solution, I, man. They found a nice solution. And you know what? Like, it's almost like, and I I hope Vooch is okay. I hope, I hope he comes back and he, you know, he gets, you know, everything is asymptomatic and it's just that he can't, you know, at the moment, get a positive test. I mean, I'm sorry, a, a negative test. Um, but like that kind of what to me was after seeing how the Bulls, uh, how Billy's buying into the small ball five with DJJ, like that was that kind of I feel like that kind of opened up uh, some things to try. And yeah. Billy in that Warriors game, like you had to try something. I mean, man, you had to try something. And I really love that he threw DJJ out there. And even even then, like you saw that. He, you could tell that he was processing the floor, but he just wasn't comfortable. You know, yeah. he needed to get some more reps. And from that game on, I feel like he's improved every single game in the short roll. Um, he uh, he he understands that like his lob threat, his lob gravity, that teams are going to have to. You're not just going to let him roll. He's going to go. He's going to dunk the ball every single time. All you're going to have to do is throw the ball at the rim and he's going to dunk that thing. Um, even, so teams, even if it's 10 feet away. Exactly. Get a, get a ten foot away dunk. That was <laughs> unreal, Chris. <laughs> I wasn't watching the game at the time. I couldn't watch it live. I followed it on the app, and, and my my ESPN app said eleven foot dunk, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" And you, <laughs> if like, you go back like and watch like that. that highlight I from did. the angle from the, the behind the basket, you can oh, see PJ God. Dozier like his face was like, "Man!" Like he, he was impressed. Like you know what I mean? Like that was. DJJ and, and what I was trying to say was is like that this is a curveball that maybe uh, Billy didn't know he had um, yep. that, that he could maybe throw out there every now and then. So even when you get Vooch back, like you could you could do this. You could still yep. do this. Um, and maybe it was a blessing in disguise for 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 Billy to be able to do this and get try some different things and see what works. And so when Vooch comes back, you have a curveball to throw throw teams and maybe be able to match up differently. Oh, I think it. I think it's completely a blessing, and I know injuries always stink. Yeah, illnesses stink, but it, it does open up opportunities for guys to showcase what they can do, step into roles that they're not as comfortable in. Right. So we saw Tony Bradley in that, you know, in that uh, high post passing role, and he obviously struggled against the Warriors. It's just too much to ask of him in one game. But we found something in Derek Jones Jr. and he's saying he's like, "Oh, I was always like pretty tall growing mm -hmm. up." And he's like, I actually ended up playing a lot of center just because I, I was usually the tallest person on the court. So mm -hmm. he's, he was kind of he'd kind of been in that role and just hadn't unlocked it for a while. Yeah. Um, but Chicago's really been putting him, and Billy's been doing a great job of putting Derek Jones Jr. in the right situations to maximize his skill set, right? He's got that vertical threat at the high post because he he can get he can get a dunk from anywhere in that post <laughs> area. You know, he's very quick, he's long. He's like he's got those Giannis arms that you know, yeah. Like when you know when Giannis will dive baseline 
and his head his head is behind the backboard and he goes yep dunk. yep and you're like how did he even make that angle like Derek <laughs> jones has that kind of like range on him oh yeah yeah uh, it's it's anyways it's really really impressive and his passing's been good yeah uh his rebounding's been good and then they've also put javante green in that in that small ball five role and javante was instrumental at the end of that nuggets game with his offensive rebounding and it's just his energy yeah. and even even dj said listen like i thought i was a ball of energy but javante's on a whole other level <laughs> and he's you know he's been balling out and those two those two guys javante has had a couple uh, attempted dunks yeah like that would that would have gone nuclear if he had made them uh one against portland that he just he gave up and just tried to hammer it down and end up getting fouled but they, they've been really fun so i absolutely think you're right that it's a blessing in disguise it allows us to it's like what the bucks did last year with their defense they sacrificed some of their wins to tinker around on defense to find yep. different different things that could work because they saw their flaws in the playoffs as, as only being able to, to play one style of defense yeah. and they wanted to change that and so i think if and when we get into the playoffs we're going to be able to use that small ball lineup you know in in certain in certain segments of the game and it could be effective because they've tried it. They've, they've practiced it in, in real live action during this game or during the season. One thing I wanted to touch on before we moved on from the, the Lakers um, is uh, I have a clip that I want to do uh, pull up. Yeah. Um, and really, I, I just wanted to like, uh, one of the things that grinds my gears a bit is like, um, like I understand that, uh, that a Anthony Davis can be someone that falls on the ground a lot. And yes, he's had, he has some, some, some weird, weird, like kind of tick ticky tack injuries here and there. Um, but like the dude is a star. Like it, it, when he, when he defensively, he's like, I mean, come on. Like, I, I, I think yeah, I, I get really the, good. I get the joking of, with someone uh, with about him. But like, for instance, like against against this uh, the Bulls, right? Um, when we went against the Lakers, like the thing was, oh, how is De- Anthony Davis not dominating this team? Oh, he's so soft. Like, how is he not do- dominating DJJ? And you know, uh, whatever. And I just thought that's that was one. I thought that was disrespectful to AD. But two, I th- the most actually the most I thought disrespectful was towards the Bulls. Because if you think that Anthony Davis was just just soft, I think that's disrespectful. Because if you didn't t- pay attention to how the Bulls were really uh, collapsing on him and, and saying, "Hey, look, Lakers, he ain't beating us." So one of y'all out there, you know what I yep. mean? Like somebody yep. else has to beat us. Anthony Davis will not beat us. And yep. this you want to full screen this? Oh you yeah, know, yeah. You just there you go. Just it um, adds a little bit more space. So for for this play here, like I just 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 want the viewers to pay attention to AD DJJ lot. Just just watch what they do with 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 AD on this play here. And for the listeners, um, you know you got Russell Westbrook coming up with the ball in the middle of the court kind of deal here. Um, you got Avery Bradley coming up here on the um, the right uh, wing. I think going into the corner, right corner. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's on the right block. AD's on the left block. All right. And I think, let me go here. I can't tell who that is. Um, 
but yeah, so the, the, the gist of this is just basically paying attention to the attention that Anthony Davis gets on this particular possession, right? So um, you're going to get – who is Oh, it? it's uh, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Horton Tucker, I think. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, Wayne Ellington. So, oh, Ellington. Uh, so what they do is, right, so Russ brings the ball up, and they kind of run like a, almost like a wheel action where Ellington uh, runs across the floor um, to the right side of the floor – and you got Avery Bradley that kind of cuts from the left, the, the right side of the floor to the left side. So just getting some movement there. Um, and Russ enters the ball. He swings it over to uh, Avery Bradley. Um, Avery Bradley swinging it over to Mello. But here's the deal. I mean, look at this, right? You got Lonzo and you got DJJ sandwiching Anthony Davis. They're not even paying any attention to Russ, which why would you uh, in the corner? Um Right, so Lonzo is there. DJJ is still plastered on him. They swing and it over Caruso to the right. On the, yes, the right wings like kind of yeah. talking back and forth. Yep. Um, DJJ tries to contest for the the, the post entry pass they sent to uh, AD. Um, he tries to go get it, but if you see Lonzo's ready right here, Zach's here. All the eyes are here. Right. You got Lonzo coming over to make sure Anthony Davis swings it back out. DJJ still on him. Now just watch Lonzo here. All right, Lonzo's eyes there. You got Zach digging down. Right, DJJ still fronting him. All the Lakers want to do is give the ball to Anthony Davis. That's all they want to do. Just <laughs> let me pass it to Anthony Davis, exactly. please. Lonzo. I mean, he's on strong side corner, and he's still digging down AD. He's yeah. still there, and I mean, just the, and then it, shot clock. And it's like that's just one possession of just how they were frustrating AD um, yep. and taking the Lakers out um, of what they wanted to do. Because I'm I'm sure that, that coming into the game, they're like, look, we're going to ride AD tonight. They don't have enough size. We're going to just try to pound the ball to AD and hit, have him go to go to work. And the Bulls were not having it, man. They, they weren't. <laughs> they just weren't. And cre credit to Billy D, man. That – that scheme frustrated the heck out of Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Now they they did adjust. Uh, you saw Vogel adjust at halftime. He he tried to get Anthony Davis more around the elbow area, mm -hmm. and he and and like kind of like that ten to 16, 18 foot range. And he in the third quarter, Anthony Davis actually got a bunch of shots off from that range. Yep, that was able to kind of work around the Bulls' evens. But that first half, Anthony Davis, I think had, I want to say he had four total shot attempts. <laughs> Uh, that would and, make sense you know, for, for two points or, or, you know, it was like, or like two shot attempts with one made shot. It was like really bad. It's like basically <laughs> completely took him out of the game. And even though Russ got going a little bit and THT got going a little bit, they didn't have enough offense by themselves mm -mm. to, you know, to carry the Lakers. And, and on the other end, you had Tamar uh, putting people in the seventh circle of hell, uh, you know, in the mid range. Tamar DeRozan, man. Who boy. Yeah, man. That man is yeah. very good at basketball. Did you did you hear Ryan um Ryan Brian Windhorst talking about uh Damar? Um maybe not. Maybe, what, I, 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 what, I on a podcast I, or something? I, I feel like he was talking on a pod, but I can't, it wasn't like the Hoop Collective. He it wasn't Lolo Post. He was like a guest on someone's show. I can't remember what it was. I just you know how you're going through Twitter and you yeah. stumble across. Um he was saying that uh Demar definitely thought he was going to the Lakers. Like he thought yeah. he just he just thought he was going there. Um, but 
he said that uh, Demar, from from talking to him and from talking to uh, people around Demar, this is the happiest Demar has ever ever been in his career. Yeah. Like he he yeah, I did hear that comment. Yeah, yeah, and and that that to me means a lot uh, because I mean the dude wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. Um, if you listen to him on different podcasts, like he's a homebody, um, yep. you know, um, and for him to come to this cold town and love what, what's going on here. I mean, you see it, you know, he's hugging Zach, he's hugging Lonzo. He's like, the vibe is there, man. Like it's, yeah. it's there. And it's, it's really cool to hear that, that, I mean, cause remember Chris, like, you know, this, you like, it was hard to think that guys like Damar would want to come here. And, and play for this this organization um, because of you know what what this this organization is. It was a mom and pop shop for a while, and they didn't they didn't um, act as if they were a third uh, the third biggest market in the game um, in sports. So to see that Demar Derozan is having he's having so much fun and they're winning, this is this only bodes well for for in the future with free agents and maybe even buyout candidates. You know so. Um, this, this is, it was so cool to hear. Yeah, completely agree. And I think that reputation has been changing. And I think, you know, proof has been in the pudding. You look at the bulls record, you look at what they're doing around the league and, you know, people, people are talking about the bulls a lot. Like yeah. every, every major podcast is talking about the bulls and how impressive they've been with them and how, you know, more and more of these, uh, you know, uh, different projections are, are showing that the bulls are bulls are real. Um, yeah. Our friend Kevin Farragan at uh, Dennis Podman, he, he has like a, an ongoing like luck adjusted. Um, it was a projection of, of record and the bulls are projected right now to break 50 wins um, along with only three other teams in the league. I think it was the heat, the jazz and the Suns. I want to say, uh, or maybe it's the nets, but, I mean that's elite company to 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 break fifty wins this season would be after having thirty one last season that would be a huge huge uh, accomplishment and I mean the Bulls are on pace right now for like fifty five fifty six wins and yeah they just went through their toughest schedule the, I, we got to talk about that the Denver game was their twelfth straight playoff opponent that they faced in a row in a row. It's been uh, it's it's just been phenomenal to see what their record. I mean, they're they're were they eleven and five? Eleven and five through sixteen games. Twelve of them have been against playoff teams of those sixteen games. Twelve of them, and then then you had you know Detroit twice, the Pelicans and the Raptors. And the Raptors are no joke. The Raptors are a good team. Yeah, um, you know they're 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 hanging around. They're real tough. They're getting lots of deflections, steals. Um, great defensive team. So. I'm I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed with what they what they've done. So, um, but let's uh, unless you have a clip, I I, I saw you're looking at, maybe looking at something. But uh, if you don't have a clip, maybe we can move to the Portland game because the Portland game they kind of yeah. ran out of gas a little bit in that third quarter and and um, had a bunch of turnovers. I, I wanted to chat about that unless you had a um, clip first. I had a clip uh, of what you were uh, bringing up about Demar. Uh, I just, just just a fun just a fun clip, okay. man. Um, because I remember wa- watching this game real time, 
Um, oh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching this game in real so time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm watching this game in real time. You can see the Lakers is like, okay, we got to find somebody that can guard this guy. Hey, Baysmore, come on. Give it a shot. And Baysmore came in with so much energy, probably like, yes, okay, this is my chance to, to yes, earn some more minutes. And <laughs> it just didn't end well for the guy. Oh, he, he, he just picked up a bunch of fouls and like 10, he had like five fouls in six minutes or something. Yeah. stupid. Like, like you see this, like he comes out the screen. Maybe he thinks that, you know, Hey, that was, you know, he got need or whatever. He's, he's energized. I mean, let's go, you know, <laughs> DJ is trying to set a ball screen for DDR and you could, you could see DDR is like, no, nah, I don't need it. So he's getting out of the way and DDR just, DeMar just does a really good job of setting him up with a half spin, comes back, steps through, and just a strong finish. <laughs> and one. And Ooh. one. Like, I love it. And look, and you see that the, the, hand, I, the hand at the end is hilarious yeah. to me at the ref. Like, man, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only clip either. There was another clip where Baysmore was like, I got this. I got oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the top of the key, and, 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 uh, DeMar just blows by him. <laughs> was that the scoop? I, I think I remember that. I think that might have been the scoop that DDR had. If you, yeah, if you could find it. But that was really funny because, yeah, Bazemore, Bazemore is actually, I think, an underrated point of attack defender. Mm -hmm. um, but that was just – so when he came in and with all the energy, I was like, hey, may, maybe you know, maybe that's going to energize the, the, uh, the Lakers' defense. Um, but he was definitely not Bazemore. That night he was basing a whole lot less against DeMar DeRozan. Just I mean, DeMar DeRozan is the only thing stopping DeMar DeRozan is him having an off night shooting so far. Like if he's just having an off night and he's just not making what he's usually making, but nobody, nobody can guard that dude. Nobody. All right. I let's see. You got I this. Think I found it. I think I did. <laughs> in jail. <laughs> in jail. Oh my gosh, man. DeMar just clock's running down yep there it is <laughs> I, I mean this is just <laughs> this is just unreal man like what he was doing to Bazemore, who's like you said uh, a pretty good on ball tender slouch. yeah no like it, he just does a really good job of setting his moves up right he, that oh he, my gosh look at how quickly because basically got that stance up he's yep like ready to go like you can see it demar like how he sets up that cross like yeah. it may, look, I mean that's beautiful. How he made it literally yeah. looks like if you frame it right here, looks he's like right. he's going to the right. And yeah. and then you know, no. <laughs> no. Crossover. And scoop. then the crossover, and then he does that long, that kind of like leading dribble where mm -hmm. he puts it in front of him like two or three feet. Beautiful. Get, so he can run to it. Because that's... it and it well, it runs to it and it draws that defender in. And so mm. then he can catch that ball, and now he can take his little euro step, get that little floater, get the little roller. Uh, in the lane who man he is basketball art to man. watch on offense talk about like people talk about you know like um james harden right he plays you like his pace he doesn't doesn't speed up doesn't slow down like he plays yep. his pace he unbothered DeMar, completely demar is that same way man like he may not do the dribble through the lay through the lay through the lay through the legs and step back like that's not his thing but DeMar does a really good job of, you know, if, if you watch him late in the games, right, guys are trying to get into his chest and make him uh, speed up, and he's just got his his arm out and dribbling, looking over the shoulder, making sure the guys are getting into the right spot. Like, he he's just a fun player to watch, man. Yeah. Fun player. Yep.
Absolutely. Zach's been on tear. So these these guys, Damar and Zach, are the first duo to score 25 points in 10 games or more in like an early season since I think it was like Elgin Baylor or something. Like I can't remember. Like it was like 1966. These guys are absolutely balling. And yeah. Zach down the stretch, uh, down the stretch of the Denver game, especially was just incredible shot making. Just took over. Yeah. Um, yeah. MG Blazer mentions here. Lonzo's at 43.6% from three so far for the season on 6.9 attempts per game. Very nice stat. Very nice stat. I would like that to even go up higher. The 6.9, I would like that to even go higher. Yep. Yeah, He. Can, I think you should get to eight. But I, I want to just comment about Lonzo real quick before we, we move to the Portland game. His catch-and-shoot threes the last few seasons have been good. Mm-hmm. But his his off the dribble threes have not been good this season. He has taken a huge leap on off the dribble threes. You you watch him; he'll take a little step in and then a little step back three now, or kind of like step to the side and do it. His off the dribble threes have been really really effective so far, and I I love the confidence that he's taking those shots with. And you can see every game he's getting a little bit more confident. And he's doing a little bit more of that and a little bit less every game of that little mid-range pull-up that, that he that he did uh, a few more times early in the season. So I've been really impressed with Lonzo, too, Yeah, on, on the offensive end recently. There's something to be said for, like, as a player, playing for a coach that just wants you to go play your game, right? You don't, you, you don't have to look over your shoulder every now and then to be like, am I getting pulled because I did something that, you know, Stan Van Gundy didn't like or – you know, whoever else um, he played under. Like, I feel like that's that's one of the things that Billy does well is like guys know that he he wants you to play your game. He want, he, that's the freedom that he gives you as a coach to if you feel like you can knock that shot down and that is within your range, I, it, it, shoot it. Like, I want you to play your game. And there's something to be said about that, man. Like, player, man, you get the best out of your players when they know they can just be who they are. And um, that's it. Yeah, Demar, Demar, Lonzo, and Alex have all mentioned that specifically as part of the pitch that got them to Chicago mm-hmm. was that Billy Donovan wanted recognized what their skills were as basketball players and just wanted them to be themselves. Yeah, right. It's like uh, they just Billy's done a great job. The front office has done a great job of bringing guys that fit together well, that complement each other's strengths mitigate mitigate their weaknesses and just let them play their game and it's you know no one's being forced into a role that they're not comfortable with that they're not good at that they can't succeed at everyone is everyone fits into place so well yeah um we're going to talk about someone who also we'll talk about someone i know we got a question from keycast about um about kobe yeah we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later tonight uh, as someone who definitely there's a role there for him but so far as has you know had a definitely a slow start coming back from that injury. Uh Salim, I just uh Salim, welcome, my brother. Always good to see you. Uh <laughs> he had a comment about Damar also doing a great job of protecting the ball from the defender to try and reach in. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd love to have him teach that to Zach because Zach uh, gets caught a little bit sometimes uh, with that ball lack of ball protection. But team is doing a great job of low turnovers in general. Um so let, let's talk about that Portland game. 
Mm. Let's talk about the Portland game and what went wrong. Because I, w- I went back and watched, and I think Mark uh, Karantzolas had a little clip of all 10 turnovers in that third quarter. And that was mm-hmm. kind of where the game didn't slip away at that point. They still ended up, it was like 84 to 80 or 88 to 80 or something at the end of that quarter. Uh, we were still up, but um, the momentum definitely shifted in that quarter and gave the Blazers a lot of confidence they could come back. I wanted just to, to ask you about those turnovers because it, in my estimation, some of those turnovers, like maybe four or five of them, were good, pa- like the right type of passes that just didn't yeah. make it. Right. They're just they're a little bit off or they got picked off. But I thought they were in the flow of offense, good, good passes. Um, th- I think there was like one out of bounds, you know, like dribble out of bounds kind of thing, or, but there weren't any like dribble off your own foot kind of, kind of turnovers. They were, they were generally, you know, turnovers that you don't mind so much. Obviously, yeah. 10, 10 is a very bad number of turnovers to have in any quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think people were like, oh, the Bulls, the Bulls let go of the rope or they really, they really just kind of screwed up. And my initial impression watching it live, that wasn't what I got from it. And, and going back and rewatching, it just kind of seemed like a little bit of a series of bad luck or maybe, you know, it was a third game in four nights. Maybe they're a little bit tired and the passes weren't as crisp or something, but I wanted to see what you thought about that. Cause that was kind of the turning point in that game. Uh, what, what do you think about that third quarter specifically and, and the turnovers? Well, for instance, um, I think you're you're totally right in terms of um, the let going, not letting go of the rope thing. Like, I, I don't think that was so much the deal. Um, I just think like I don't know what it is, but I feel like the Bulls have been getting a bad whistle um, for, really for a lot have, this man. season. Um, but there are. You know, going back and watching some of these these uh, these turnovers, um, I just feel like it was kind of one of those deals where there are some times where you I, I won't I won't say let go of the rope, but like when you have a good good lead, you kind of start to do like un uh, not uncharacteristic things, but like your concentration level drops a little bit because you're like you know you got a good lead, and then yeah. you kind of you want to full got, screen that I'm going to show it on the oh, screen yeah. these these turnovers here. I thought it'd be just good to kind of watch them as you're talking here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, for, like for instance, like a lot of these, these passes to me, they're, they're, the, they're the right idea. But again, like, you know, your concentration level is, is not there because you, you got a big lead and you think you're just going to cruise for the rest of the night. Um, and then yeah. you get to a point where like you did in the game where the game's close and now you got to turn that switch back on. And by that time it's too late, especially with guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCullough. Oh. If you know, you're close in the fourth quarter, Dame, it's Dame time. Yeah, like the, it's a real thing. You're gonna get Dame timed <laughs> every time. I, we I, saw it a couple times last season. Like, for instance, I I just really think on, honestly too, if you like really like watch a lot of these these uh, turnovers, like Larry Nance Jr. just does a really darn good job of playing defense, man. Yeah, like uh, oh, I thought, man, I'd love to have him on this team. I mean, just the ability to I mean, look at him, man. I mean, yeah. Larry Nance Jr. really, I think, was a catalyst to a lot of these 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 problems. Um, but I mean, I don't know about that call with the, no, the charge. One. Um, but yeah, man, like I agree with you. I, I think that the turnovers, um, they were just like concentration level down a little bit. 
but also I think Larry Nance Jr. really kind of set the tone a bit um, with 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 the on the defensive side of the ball for the for the Blazers in the second half. And as, as you guys know, people that played ball or people that watch this game a lot, like basketball is such a rhythm rhythm game. Once you once you start to get some easy baskets off turnovers, you know, you're a good shooter like a Dame Lillard or a CJ McCollum. It only takes a little a little bit until you're ready to go, you know, and 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 really put some shots up. So. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say let go of the rope. I, I just think like it, it was a learning learning thing for them for the for the guys. Like you know, because uh, again, it's a it's this. Yes, there's still Zach and and Kobe who hasn't played that much this season. But other than that, man, I mean, it isn't a lot of the same guys. So you're still you're still getting used to playing and and and, and learning each other. This is another thing, right? How are you you know how are you going to respond to these type of situations? Like I, I think I said it on the show. Like I it may be a, 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 a long time for some people, but like all-star break is where I think like around that area is where I think we're going to get the real bulls team. Like in terms of, you know, them knowing each other, um, Kobe being um, in more rhythm and understanding where his shots are going to be. Um, and, and just, just as a cohesive unit, you know, like I think that's, that's where you'll see a lot more of these types of turnovers kind of slow down a little bit. And, and honestly, when you think about it, they only have what 12 turnovers a game. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that, really to good. think about that, man, like think about that. Like these guys haven't played with each other a, a, enough and they're still not turning the ball over a lot. So, you know, yep. I think the good, the best is yet to come. Yeah. And that's kind of what MG Blazer saying here as well as, you know, Zach, Zach still kind of has, he kind of reverses to some hero ball tendencies every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but they're getting rolled out in time and, you know, as as the team meshes more later in the season, I think it's going to be better and better. Um, also mentions that the game one of the first uh, of the NBA season was exactly one month ago. Crazy what's happened in a month. <laughs> We're already we are sixteen games into the season, and sixteen games in, man, that's yeah. um, that's pretty crazy. It is about twenty percent of the season done. Salim has a and, good, a nice question. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. So Salim says, "Would you rather? Would you still rather have Larry Nance Jr. Seeing how well DJ is playing and knowing they could likely get that that middling first just outside the lottery? I I wonder if we could get him anyway <laughs> at the trade deadline. <laughs> Can we give him that first back and get that, and get Larry Nance up in here? Because that would be amazing." Personally, personally. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Because Derek Jones has been really, really good. Mm-hmm. He's been a really – because my thought when he was first out of the rotation was, all right, they traded for him basically to get that first and that yeah. second. Uh, and they're you know and he's on an expiring deal, so you know that they're going to be able to flip him at the deadline if they need to. And that, that still may be true. Yeah, but he's been a really productive player for us. Yeah, uh, and he's and he's a heck of a lot of fun to watch on both ends. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about that? Would you rather have Larry Nance or Derek Jones right now? Uh, no disrespect to DJJ, but I would still rather have Larry. Um, I think, I think what DJJ is doing, I think Larry can do as well. Um, and but he can also shoot the three, and he, I, I think, Larry Nance. I mean, if you think like you think about like defending like, okay, you take DJJ out of that role and you put Larry Nance in there. You could do pick and pops. 
you can still have him roll. He's a he's a damn his vertical leap is still there. He can be a lob threat. Um, he's also pretty good at a short ro- short roll. Um, yeah. and you could you could you could play him the small ball five as well when Vucci is not there. Um, he's not as small as DJJ, but um, like he, he, there you could do. I think you could do more with Larry. Um, I think you could play the same yeah. way with Larry, but he just that three point shooting ability was the thing that takes it over the top for me. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, he he's the guy I wanted in the trade in mm-hmm. the first place, and, yeah. and we said that at the time. Um, there, there was um, a friend of ours um, made a comment uh, today uh, where he was he was talking to a scout in the NBA, and mm. that reputation of the Bulls is changing. So, speaking of kind of deadline trades and. Uh, possible acquisitions, buyout candidates, that kind of stuff, waiver wire. There's guys looking at the Bulls now that are mm-hmm. thinking, hey, I wouldn't mind getting in, getting into that situation. I might be able to help them you know, uh, down the line. So that's where you really put yourself in a good position as a big market team. And this is, this is why the type of gamble that AK and Mark Eversley took this offseason can be worth it. You see how the teams come together, see, see how they're playing, and it doesn't matter. And I think I mentioned this several weeks ago. It doesn't matter if we win a championship or how far we go in the playoffs this season. The fact that the Bulls are back in the national conversation is known around the league and seeing guys like Caruso and Lonzo and Tamar say how happy they are in their situation, three guys who have not been as appreciated or kind of been undervalued in their stops that speaks volumes to other players and other players want to come here. So now we're reaping the benefits of being a big market organization where people say, Hey, Chicago's back on the map. Like I could be part of something there. You know, they, they may have room for me. They've got a good thing going on. I want to be a part of it. And they're motivated to do that. That, I mean, think about all the great players, the nets and the Lakers picked up the soft season on, you know, for minimum deals or, or the like, just because people thought, "Hey, this might be a good situation for me to be in." Yeah, uh, you can get you can get you can get uh, value talent uh, at you know because of those reasons. So I think it's a really really good thing. So I was really happy to hear that today from from our friend um, that that's you know that's a possibility coming up. But let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the Nuggets game real quick. I know we've touched on it a couple times. Yeah, but. The defense, I mean, Caruso, <laughs> I just feel bad for opposing ball handlers, man. You start the game with, with Lonzo Ball on you or and or Caruso or both, and then when one of those guys leaves the floor, Javante Green and Io DeSumo replace them or Derek Jones comes up and guards you. Like, do you ever get a break as a ball <laughs> handler? <laughs> like, it's just 48 minutes of hell. It's yeah. 40 minutes of hell all the time. It's just constant, constant, constant. And it's really hard to be an efficient offense when you've got guys blown, constantly blowing up your plays. It just takes the team out of rhythm. As you mentioned, rhythm is so important for teams. If you can take in, and you always hear coaches say this, right? Hey, you know, Kevin Durant's going to get his shots. We just want to make him as uncomfortable as possible. We want to get him out of a rhythm because that's the only way he's going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to slow him down. Um, if you can do that to an entire offense, that's the way you win games. That's the way you tilt games into your favor. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're making shots as much. If you can disrupt the other offense and 
force them into tougher shots. I mean, that's half the battle right there. That's yeah. And that's what that's what uh, Caruso and Lonzo provide so well, and Javante and Io and those guys. Yeah, man. I mean, the Nuggets game. I mean, for instance, man, like they just like football with the with with the, the Broncos. Like, if you don't play there two times a year, like, and it's your first time playing in Denver in years, or maybe you didn't play there for your this is your first time playing there in your career. Um, Denver is tough to just come in and play. Like you, like you can't just you know walk off the the plane and get onto the court and you're you're ready to go. Like it takes some time to get acclimated to to the altitude there, and that's the upper hand that Denver has when teams come in that haven't been there for you know a while. Um, that's the upper hand they have, right? They they can jump on you real quick because you they know you're still adjusting. Um, now I thought that was uh, something that uh, that that messed with the Bulls a bit. Um, I thought at the beginning of the game, I thought De- DeMar was taking some tough shots. Um, but again, I, I think that is also um, due to the fact of when you when you go small, uh, when you play that small ball five, um, separation on screens and things like if, for instance, like a, a DJJ setting a screen on someone on point of attack, it's not going to create as much separation as when Vooch does. Right. So yeah. um, I, I think I think. Um, that was a little bit of uh, contributed a little bit to that of why DDR was taking some tough shots. Like he's used to being it. Like he's used to playing with Vooch who gives him a little bit of separation where he just pull up um, and take his shots where he wants to. Um, I think um, I know we're going to get to him, but I think for Kobe, you know, coming back, I mean, if it was me, I probably wouldn't have played Kobe that game because it's like, I mean, he's working through an injury uh, coming back from an injury. And also now he has to deal with the altitude and try to find some rhythm trying to find the spots on the team. Um, like, I think we're going to get to Kobe. I'll leave it there. Um, but, um, like, yeah, man. I mean, it, it took them a while to get going. And then, obviously, once they finally found their rhythm, the the Nuggets were, were, were ready to go. They were still, you know, shooting really well. Aaron Gordon was playing out of his mind. Um, you know, playing out of his mind. Uh, some of the I shots mean, Zoo was hitting. Man. Some Come shots, on. man. Some of the shots are making, like, Every guy was hitting that corner three or that pull up three. Like there was, yeah, there's some incredible shot making. But I'm not, I'm not taking any. I won't take anything away from the play or from the Blazers from the Nuggets. They played a yeah. tough game. They played a tough game. They're they're a good team even without their stars uh, on the floor. And um, you know, I I thought that we got a really tough whistle in that first half and even yeah. part of that third quarter. It was weird because I felt like a lot of the calls that they did make weren't fouls and a lot of the calls they didn't make were the fouls uh, for both teams. <laughs> yeah. Both teams. And down the stretch, DeMar got a couple calls that were, I thought a little bit, a little bit softer. Like there were fouls, but yeah. like, there were definitely softer fouls. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'll happily admit that if you watch that game on mute, all of a sudden you, they're stopping. You're like, why are they stopping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was watching on mute and I was like, why, why are they stopping? And he goes, I was like, he get fouled there and i go back yeah. and look you know and, and the denver i was watching the denver broadcast and so they'd replay that like three or four times you could see that they did foul him you know yeah. like rivers rivers was was arguing about it a couple times but it's like man that's you know th- those are some tough ones but hey uh sometimes you need luck to go your way when you haven't yeah. won somewhere in 15 years um, so you get a little luck with Jokic. you got a little yeah. luck with the calls at the end of yeah. the game and uh, we got some real bad luck on their shooting, man. They were making some absolute banging shots. Uh, yeah. But then Zach Levine, Zach Levine making some. 
that the one where he where he just runs ran awesome rivers over oh, uh, yeah. on the left on the left wing and just drilled a drilled like a long two over him anyway that was that was phenomenal to watch the the the, the nuggets game too like you said um i i feel like watching zach uh last night um you could even tell his dribbling moves, like where, the way he's dribbling right now. I think he's either he's used to the pain or the pain is dwindling because I think it's getting better. Yeah, because like you could just tell that how much more confident he is in, in his ball handling. Um, yeah, he still turns it over. But what I mean by that is, is like when he makes his crossover, when he does his overhand cross, like it is it isn't uh, uh, he isn't doing it cautiously like he's 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 ripping that thing like he's. He's yeah. trying to get to the basket, right? And um, even when he's shooting the ball, like it just looks like he's more confident, and his, the numbers are showing it. Um, I think, uh, I think te- the NBA is about to see what 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 uh, healthy, what close to healthy Zach is going to be. Um, I think the dude is really finding his rhythm again on uh, with the three point shooting. I mean, mm-hmm. like Zach, man, Zach is. Wow, like the like you said, I, I was on him last show, uh, maybe more than um, I think when we were talking to Ricky and Jason on the show uh, from Cash Consideration. Shout those guys out. Um, like I was saying, like I, I thought Zach, in the Philadelphia game, I was like, "What is Zach doing?" Like Zach, Zach needs to be hold himself to a standard that he set set for himself before the season, like yep. being late on rotations, not not giving that same effort we saw in the Olympics and also last season. Like, come on, Zach. Like, come on now. And since then, he's been on it. He, he, man, I've been really, there was a couple possessions uh, against the Nuggets where he was shutting down point of attack. And I'm yes. like, okay, Zach, I like this. Yeah. No, I Zach like was, this. Zach was good. Now, about, I want to say before this road trip, Zach was shooting 31% from three. Mm-hmm. Now, I was curious about this because, uh, people were blaming it on the thumb, and that may, may be a contributor. Who knows? But I remember Zach last year in his first All Star season. Mm-hmm. His first nine games, he was shooting twenty nine percent from three after nine games. I think it was. I think it was nine games. It, it was twenty nine percent. I remember that part. And then he went on the West Coast road trip, and he was up to almost forty percent by the end of it. <laughs> so what does he do this this season? That's crazy. He's shooting thirty one percent. Guess who he's up to now? He's up to 40, 40.3% on 7.4 attempts per game. Uh, his two-pointers are up to 55.6% on uh, 12.3 attempts per game. So he is shooting currently just shy of 50, 40, 90. He's shooting 49.8% overall, uh, 40.3% from three, and 88.2% from the free throw line. Um, he's 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 scoring 26.8 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists. So basically, last year Zach, yeah, except on a team that instead of being like six and eleven is eleven and five <laughs> uh, at this point. So I'm, and he's still that thumb. I think is getting better. So yeah, uh, yeah. Salim says Zach is back to shooting 48.9 percent on catch and shoot three. <laughs> which is this this is the Zach we thought would be unlocked this season is more catch and shoot Zach from three and he's he's slinging that thing man he's doing you know it. what can 
I think this yes. is a, I think this is a great segue into what I wanted to this this clip I wanted to show. Um Jeez. again it was against the Lakers, I believe. But um let me find it here. I think I remember the name when I named it. Is it all the okay. vibes? Yes. <laughs> Say all the <laughs> I, I try to do my best with like naming these so I know exactly what it is instead of having yeah. to click on it and watch it and know what it is. So um you guys you Salim just put it in the chat and then you brought it up and you talked about you know percentages from sh- catch and shoot. And one of the things that I talked about and we all talked about was like adding DDR and Lonzo, you'll be able to uh get him off ball to take advantage of his cutting. And also to uh, his catch and shoot threes and being able to attack off the catch Mm -hmm. Um, because he has S tier athleticism. Like he's that's yeah. Um, But uh, S S stands for sexy. (laughs) Sexy tier. Oh man. Um, But like this is, I I loved this ATO because I thought this, it, it just shows what moving Zach around does to a defense. Moving like in, instead of like, yes, some plays you stick them on a wing or the corner because you, you want to create space that the shooter can't. I mean, the defender that's guarding Zach can't leave him by too much because he's 48.9% from catch from shoot, catch and shoot threes. So obviously, he can't, you know, leave that that far. But also, like with a guy that, that that's so athletic in, in so much, and Zach is one probably one of the best conditioned athletes in the league. Like, how about? You run them off some screens. How about you create some havoc that way by making defenses have to communicate and, you know, find Zach all the time. If you continue to just have him sit in the corner or, or wing, they, they, they know where he's at all the time. But how about move him around and create some confusion? And I thought this play really showed uh, some some good stuff. And what, what you're getting uh, is a stagger here. Uh, so what Avery Bradley looks uh, is trying to set himself up to lock and trail. Um, Rondo is guarding uh, uh, Io here. Uh, you got DJJ and Io setting a stagger here. So what Zach does really well here is oh, he splits it, right? He splits it, and <laughs> uh, Rondo and Avery Bradley uh, communicate and they switch it. Um, and what's going to happen is Io is going to pop up t- uh, to the left uh, slot area, slot slot wing. Um, they're going to swing it over to Io. But what I love is right so. <laughs> Zach does a really good job of changing direction. Like what you want to see on these types of cuts is a guy stick his foot in the ground and, and get the other way as fast as he can. Um, and he does that. Boom. Sticks his foot in the ground. Rondo's already lost. But what I love is too, right? So you get a stagger. The first stagger was uh, set by Io and DJJ. Uh, he splits it, does like a, he cuts across the lane um, to the right, uh, right side of the floor. And Javante comes from the, uh, I'm sorry, right corner to kind of under the basket here to make it is look like he's he's uh, posting up a bit here. But what he's doing is is kind of you know lulling. Um, who is this guard name? I can't remember, but I think it's Wayne Ellington. Um, lulling Wayne Ellington, right? So he's he's not doing anything. But Rondo is in in trail, and he steps in front of Rondo to set a screen. Right. So this is already a, a would be a floppy. But now you get in a double a double floppy would be one on the left side, one on the right side. But this is this is what you would call like a staggered floppy. 
So you get a, a one screen here and then another staggered screen um, on, on as a second screen. So this would be a staggered floppy. Zach comes off uh, of a, um, a, a screen touch and go kind of deal from DJJ. But what that does is now when you get Rondo trailing, and he's the Bulls did a really good job of screening, which I talked about um, against the Warriors, where when they were playing boxing one, that's one thing they didn't do well to help Zach is they didn't screen really well for Zach to yeah. be able to help create some separation. Um, and what that does is when you screen really well, you get guys that are guarding who you're screening for to be in lock and trail. And that's what you want. You want guys to be in the trail position because then you can do what you're doing now. Right. DJJ slips it. And that creates confusion as well. Uh, Anthony Davis has to communicate with with uh, with Rondo, like, okay, are you getting there, or do I have to show? And because right, Zach Zach can take that 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 three from the left wing there. Oh yeah, he'll knock it down. Oh, all day. So AD has to show, right? AD shows. Zach does a really good job of making the extra pass to DJJ, who had slipped the staggered screen here. And this is what I'm talking about: moving Zach around creating that confusion, creating havoc on the defense where guys are just trying to make sure Zach gets, because that's what it comes down to at that point. We got to get the ball in Zach's hands. So let, let's let's sell out on Zach. But when you do that, you create opportunities for your for his teammates, right? And if it, a DJJ around the basket, I want that all day. Give me that all day. And you set him up yeah. to finish over the top. And I thought that really showed uh, it was a great example of what what happens when you uh, move Zach around and and you know you create some confusion and that's what you want. You want, when you have a guy like Zach, you have to get you have to get all the juice out of that that yeah. fruit. You gotta you gotta squeeze it and get all out of all um, get all that uh, juice out of that fruit as best you can. And and I, I think yeah. that's what you have to do. Um, and I, I love that from Billy. I love it too. It's. It's like, you know, you've heard the phrase um, uh, trying to squeeze blood from a stone. Mm. That's like that's a, a, a player without the type of offensive capabilities that Zach has would be a stone. Right. You're trying to squeeze blood from a stone like it's tough, but he's a fruit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible metaphor. But <laughs> yeah, I feel you, you got a lot of juice there. And it's the same thing we talked about after the Warriors game. You look what the Warriors do with Steph Curry off ball to create confusion. And the reason is it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. When you're creating confusion, the defense is now in reaction mode instead of proaction, right? They can't be proactive because they're they're in trail position. They're, they, you know, they're trying to communicate in real time. Are you going to take this? Are you going to step up? Are we going to switch this? And when you do that, you create those small openings. And the Bulls are really, really good at taking advantage of those openings because they got guys who can get, are athletic and get to the rim you got guys that are really, really smart passers that can find that open man and get the ball to him real quick. They just have the perfect personnel, and you got to have more of that. So the ATOs are nice. I think Billy's really done a nice job on his ATOs this season. He's really, really improved from, since last season. And he's also got better personnel than he did last season mm -hmm. um, because last season was like, okay, it's going to go to Zach. <laughs> They're going to take the <laughs> shot. So the defense could key on him. It doesn't matter what they did. But now it's like you got Zach and Demar, or you got Lonzo out there when he's on fire. You you can't you can't uh, you you can't help off those other guys to to get on Zach as much. So I agree with you, Laro. The more we can see of Zach moving off ball, I think the easier those opportunities are going to come. 
and you run those plays a couple times, you may not have to you know you don't have to draw it up out of a, out of a timeout. Yeah. You can just you can work it into your you kind exactly. of you know your read and react offense. You can see those uh, those things coming, and I love what they're doing. I love how they set that stagger screen and Zach slips slips in like cuts the basket for that first one. Just just creates because they think that stagger's coming. He's yep. gonna lock the trail, and all of a sudden, boom. Yep, <laughs> Zach's so quick that you're like, yep. oh shoot. Yep. He's over there already. I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I wanted to um there's something about the the Nuggets game I wanted to talk about. Now it's it's slipping my mind, but there was something I really liked about that game. Um we the talked about Caruso. Yes, oh yes, the the Zach and Demar pick and rolls down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk to you about that because that's something we've been asking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but just getting Demar if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, get him to be the one screening in general yes. for yeah. Zach, for Vooch, for Lonzo, whoever it is uh, needs to be, and getting Lonzo, Lonzo and Caruso in screening actions too is just really, really effective um, because of their passing and their shooting gravity. Yep, especially you know w- with Lonzo. Um, but what did you think about the Nuggets, the offense down the stretch of the Nuggets? And we got asked that in, in a group chat as yeah. well. Um, but I, I, I went back and watched it last night, and I thought it was actually pretty crisp. And I loved the Zach and Demar pick and roll action. I thought that was really hard to defend for yeah. the Nuggets. Yeah, I for um. So before I say what I'm going to say, like I have absolutely, I absolutely love that we have two guys that you can in three when when Vooch comes back that you can just match up hunt and you could you could all right they got this they got him okay come here you come here you know like I love that they can do that but I I think my my thing is is like I felt like let's say those shots weren't falling right let's say Zach was having an off night DDR is having an off night which you know I don't know if they're both are going to have an off night, but, um, but you just never know. Right. So I, I just would love to see that as like a back pocket deal, right. Where yeah. our, okay. Our sets are not working. We can't get to, we can't get Vooch in that zipper cross set. We can't get that, uh, the, the Chicago action going on the top block in the Chicago action. Fine. All right. They, they forced in, forced us into doing this. Let's do it. DDR. And, and Levine, let's get into that pick and roll action. You guys go to work and, and work off of that. Let's, we'll just work off of that. Um, now, I love that they did that and they got the win. Like that, ultimately, that's what it, that's what matters. Get get the win. Um, but I think going forward, now that we're starting to see how good this team is, and we're seeing that this team has a high ceiling, I think um, you, you kind of want to start to think about okay, what if you're playing a team that can keep them in a half court? That can stop them from getting on the fast break off of turnovers. They're gonna, you know, so they're gonna have to play a half court game. Now I want to start to see some more different things. Okay, the Levine and Demar Derozan pick and roll, perfect. We can do that. But okay, what if what if they have two switchable people uh, wings or two switchable players that can do that? You're not gonna have that much of an advantage. But now I would like to see them run some offense. So let, let's get back because I felt like. And in that game, um, I think it was the Blazers I'm thinking about is when we went against the Blazers, we kind of went that one on one. And and when we when the Bulls were were running offense, I felt like they were getting good shots. Um, But they like they get away from it sometimes because they are DeMar DeRozan and they are Levine, Zach Levine. So they just think which most of the time they will. 
get the, you know, <laughs> shot off. But like they, they get they, some buckets. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think like, you know, I would love to see them start to kind of uh, uh, depend on uh, on some offense in terms of ball movement, player movement. And then if teams are shutting that down, then okay, let that be the back pocket. Like the yeah. fact that you're going to now have uh, DeMar DeRozan um, pick and rolls with Vooch, Zach Levine pick and rolls with Vooch, and now Levine and DDR pick and roll, pick and pop, like that's tough, man. That's a yeah. lot of stress on a uh, on a team. So that that's just how I feel about it. So like I'm not gonna, I'm not knocking the way they won. I just would like to see, uh, just for down the road, I would like to see some more half court offense. Yeah, no, for sure. It it seemed like it was their kind of safety blanket, mm-hmm. right? Which which is good because they weren't doing yeah. it as much earlier in the year. Uh, this is it's definitely something that's kind of been a new wrinkle. More recently, like you saw early in the year, it was definitely that empty side pick and roll with Vooch mm-hmm. was like the the backup, like the the go to if things weren't working. Um, and maybe you know it was the last game on a long road trip. Yep. Maybe it was just like, hey, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let's that's just a great get point. This dub. That's Let's a great point. Dub. But you're right. That should be. I mean, that's that's amazing. If that's your if that's your third option in in a in a in a you know in your action. That's really good third action, right? Like if, yeah. if you got a guy like Cruz on the other side that blows up your first and second action, you can't get that triple handoff. You can't make that hot cut. You know, you 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 can't get it to Vooch in the post or whatever to to set something up. That is not a bad option to you know to, to fall back onto. But you're right. I think they, I think they, they need to, and I think that they will get more creative uh, with their sets as they go along with the season and they get more comfortable. You want me to be honest? Yeah. So always all I all I'm okay. This is going to sound very cocky and ignorant, but all I'm really worried about is the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and what I mean by that is them defensively more more so Miami because if you're going to run the Levine, uh, Demar Derozan pick and pick and roll, Jimmy Butler and the boys, they're ready for that. Right. So I, I would that those are the types of teams I, I would like to see some offense like, you know, being ran. Yeah. I want to see some different actions and things being thrown at them because I just don't see like Jimmy Butler, Bam and Kyle Lowry, the bunch of those guys just allowing that Levine and, and DeMar DeRozan thing to just can to continue to keep going. Yeah. Um, and even and even, um, for instance, you know, if they have Jimmy Butler on Levine, Bam guarding Vooch that empty side pick and roll is going to be a lot tougher too. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to continue to, to get better at that half court offense and running different actions, using the corners, running pistol action. I mean, running more uh, different, uh, like they already run Chicago a lot, but running Miami and Orlando and different things to just show teams differently, to create some different space. Uh, I mean, I mean, some more space. Um, that, that's what I'm looking for. Cause there isn't much I can criticize the Bulls for right now because I mean the the team is just I mean they're playing really well um, so I'm just kind of like picking I'm I'm just picking at them right now so um, that's what I'm looking at. No, I agree. I, those teams, those two teams in particular, I do think present the biggest challenges uh, from a defensive standpoint against our offense, and because they've got we've got Vooch, but they've got Bam. Mm-hmm. They've got PJ Tucker, they've got Jimmy yeah. Butler, they've got Kyle Lowry that can kind of that can switch, you know, one through four, switch one through five with Bam. 
That's that's going to be a t- I I would really like to not see the Miami Heat I know, in right? a playoff series, <laughs> especially like the first playoffs. Like if it's like a 3-6 and this Miami Heat is 6 and we're 3 or vice versa or something like I'm not going to be happy about that. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to see them anytime soon. Um we're going to see them this uh, a week from today actually. Mm. For the first time. Test, big test. Vooch, yep. please so be the, back. This week we've got the Knicks tomorrow. We got the Pacers on Monday. We've got the Rockets on Wednesday, the Magic on Friday, and then the 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 Heat on Saturday. So it's a back to back Magic Heat Friday and Saturday, mm. and then we've got a we and we've got a back to back tomorrow and Monday Knicks and Pacers. Mm. So you know we've got. I feel like we have not had an easy schedule at all. Like we've got I know. the Rockets. The Rockets hopefully will be a nice rest. <laughs> hopefully. But you never know. They give the Knicks problems tonight, so you know. We'll, we'll Supposedly, see what uh, Mitch Rob got hurt tonight, so he might not. Yeah, be I got to. I got to look into that. Um, Chicago is favored by five points tomorrow against the Knicks. I don't know about that. We'll talk about that in a second. But mm-hmm. um, before we do talk about the upcoming schedule, let's talk about Kobe White and his return yeah. and what we've seen so far. Um, he came back against the Lakers. He's been playing like ten to fifteen minutes, basically. Yeah. Uh, since then, the the Bulls ran a like a, a promotion. <laughs> Who's going to score first, Alex Caruso or uh, Kobe White on that night? And both of them ended up with zero points, which is pretty funny. <laughs> so they did it again, I think, for the Blazers. And I think Kobe ended up having. Let me bring it up. I think he only made. I want to say he just made one shot. Yeah, I think uh, so. Against the Blazers on on like a layup if i remember right but let me, let me look it up here uh he didn't he didn't make a shot he went over two against the blazers and then he went i want to say one for like five or six against the nuggets he went one for seven against the nuggets so he made one layup uh, against the nuggets so um i to me he has looked a little bit lost, which is expected. He's looked a little bit lost on both ends. He's trying to find his 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 rhythm, his conditioning. He's trying to find his uh, his role within the system right now. Um, the shot. I mean, he hasn't played basketball. He hasn't played like real basketball since what April of last yeah. of last year. Yep. So May of last year. So I don't blame him. Like I, fans are going a little bit crazy. I think. Um, and I always said, if if he comes back, even if he has a great first night, he's going to be inconsistent. He's just gonna he's gonna have to ease into it. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? What do you th- what have you seen from Kobe so far? Uh, good or bad? Any concerns? And how do you see him fitting into the rotation going forward? Any changes, basically, since since we talked about it last? Um, so the first game back, I thought, um, he was very timid offensively. He had some opportunities to shoot the ball even more, um, which is to to be expected. Um, he, he, he just doesn't like even the fact of knowing how much room you have to get your shot off like that. It takes time to get that, that back in your mind. Like, okay. Oh God, this guy's closing out. Let me move the ball. Where back in the day, Kobe catches that. He understands he can still get that shot off. Um, but, uh, I think some, th- some of the things too, is like him not being, um, where he needs to be yet on offense is really making people jump on his defense when we already knew that, that, that Kobe was not the greatest defender. 
Um, but like his offense compounded with his defense, people are ready to throw him off the throwing off the, the ship. You know, they're ready to just 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 leave him in the dust. And it's just like Kobe needs these reps. And I keep seeing people say G League and G League is a cool idea, but like he's going to get the ball all the time and he's going to get the shots up. He's yeah, that's fine. But then he's going to go from getting the shots, all, all the shots to, OK, when am I going to get my shot? When am I going to touch the ball? Right. Yeah. When De- DeMar DeRozan and Le- Zach Levine are in the game and he's in the game with those guys, he's just going to have to figure out, OK, like like you guys, the guys have to figure like, remember, like, it's not that easy. It's not that easy to just even when, you know, he just he's coming off a, a, a shoulder. Right. But in terms of like when I say it's not that easy. It's not easy to step into a game with a guy you've never played with in a real game in terms of DeMar and knowing, okay, when DeMar drives left, like, where does he want me to be? When DeMar drives right, where does he want me to be? When DeMar comes off that dribble handoff, what should I be looking to do? Right. This, this is, that's what Kobe's going through right now. Kobe, Kobe's not getting the same shots that he was getting before Vooch got here. And he only played for Vooch for a little bit. Yeah, he played well with Vooch, but like he only played with him for a little bit. There wasn't a yep. whole season, you know. Um, so it, it he's just got to continue to work at it because yeah, like G League is a cool idea, but again, like you gotta he has to learn where he's gonna get his shots on this team, on the Chicago Bulls, not yeah. taking 20, 30 shots in the G League against lesser talent. Like that's just yeah. not that's just not gonna help you. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like people would just give him more time. Like, like the winning ball games. Like, let him get it going because once Kobe is back in in where he's he needs to be and understanding where his shots are coming from and be, getting back into to playing games, uh, uh, being in game shape. Like, he's gonna be a huge piece of that bench. That yeah. the scoring that that he provides is needed and if yeah. you take him off there you take him off that bench like you know <laughs> i i'm sorry guys like against high level teams you need a kobe white you need a kobe white to to come off that bench and 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 score and in the defense yeah like it could be better but we always knew kobe wasn't the best defender like that's not his deal um so um, that's just where I'm at with it. Like I'm not like I was the same same way with when when people were ready to execute Vooch because of his his uh, start of the start to the season. Um, yeah. You just you just got to know that like these guys, basketball is a rhythm game, man. It, you just don't step on the hardwood and everything is back in order. Like it right. takes time. For sure. I mean, and with Vooch, he didn't have an issue. There was nothing wrong with him physically. He just right was out of rhythm. He just needed time to, you know, to, to get his groove back with Kobe. He doesn't play basketball for like half a year. He's rehabbed this injury instead of spending the entire off season, you know, in the gym and getting to know his teammates and being on the court with him all the time. As you mentioned, he's got to figure out where he fits in the offense. And if it were just a conditioning issue, yeah. if it were just like, Hey, he needs to get, he just needs to get reps for, you know, running up and down the court, then the G league may make more sense in that, in exactly. that kind of role. But think about, Think about, I think you make a great point here. Look at Kobe's teammates this year versus last year. The only teammate he's familiar with is Zach Levine for the all of last year 
and Javante Green for like a couple of games last year after the trade deadline. Because Vooch isn't playing, Patrick Williams isn't playing, Troy Brown Jr. is not in the rotation right now. Those are the only five guys on the team that he knows, that he's yeah. like familiar with. He hasn't played with any of these other guys. So he's going to learn DJ's tendencies. He's going to learn DeMar's tendencies. He's going to learn Io. He's going to learn, you know, all these different guys that are playing. He's going to learn all these guys' tendencies and, and where he fits into that hierarchy offensively, where he's supposed to be on the floor. Defensively, um, you know, he hasn't played next to Alonzo Crusoe, but I think I think he's going to be much a much better defender by the end of the season than he was last year because of the positions that they're going to put him in. Yeah, but it's going to take time. So I, it's as I expected. It's I just you know preach patience. Um, you know, in in crucial games where it might cost us the win, or you know, you want to take Kobe off the floor to to put someone in who who uh, you know knows a little bit better. I don't have a problem with that. Like if, no. if, if that's what the coaching thinks is the right move, um, but it's going to take some time. I, I think, I think, you know, could be into like the new year uh, before we really kind of see Kobe get his groove back a little bit. You know, Siakam came off uh, a very similar injury and very similar timeline, but Siakam is like the star of that team. Like he's exactly. the best guy on that team. He knows he's going to get the ball in his hand. So he doesn't have to, and it's a very similar team coming back. The only new guys like Scotty Barnes. Right. So, um, very different situation for Kobe, even though it's a very similar injury and they have very different skill sets and they're very different, uh, in the hierarchy of their own teams on offense. So I would just preach more patience, but I mean, it's definitely been rough so far. Like it's, it hasn't been good. Uh, I don't think anyone, I don't think Kobe would tell you that, but I don't think anyone's more frustrated about that than Kobe is himself. Mm -hmm. like he, I'm sure he wants to get back to being the Kobe we saw last year and the year before. So, yeah. and he will, there's no reason he can't be. Um, but it's just going to take time. He's, he's, he hasn't played basketball for a long time, but it's yeah. going to happen. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not mad about people suggesting he should go to the G league. I don't like, I don't think it's offensive necessarily. I just don't think it makes as much sense right now, uh, as it does having him given him 10, 15 minutes a game with these guys. Cause I think he needs to get those reps with those guys anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the schedule coming up this week. The Knicks. All right, so the Knicks are the team that I'm most worried about because they have an incredibly good bench and they have size up front that uh, they can use. So I'm not sure if Mitch Robinson is going to be out for tomorrow or not. I don't know if you can confirm that or if you've heard anything about it. Um, mm, let me see. I haven't seen anything about it recently um so i don't know but if assuming mitch robinson is going to be in the game uh, first of all make sure patrick williams has uh, a bubble around him because <laughs> i don't want any more injuries but that's going to be oh uh, yeah he'll, he's probably going to play wait 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 no yeah he's a, he has a bruised nose yeah he'll probably play oh, he'll be he'll play all right so i don't know why chicago is favored by five points because Last time we played them in Chicago, we had a much healthier team. Yeah. And uh, they cooked us for most of the game. I mean, like, there's no way around it. They they were ahead. They should have won that game by a lot. And then Chicago came back and, uh, you know, we know what happened. Obviously came back, came down, came down to the final shot by DeMar that went, that went a little wide. Um, the Knicks have, have obviously had some struggles since then offensively you know maybe Kemba Walker doesn't decide to become the second coming of Jesus uh, in this game <laughs> like he was last time but 
it's um it's gonna be a tough game. So I think that's our toughest our, our toughest game is the Knicks, um, and the Heat is the other one. So you know the bookends of this week are gonna be real tough. The Pacers have been, are seven eleven right now, and they have been uh, pretty bad and pretty banged up in general. But it's also it's it's on the road. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it is at home, but it is the second night of the back to back after the Knicks game. So that that can yeah. be a tough one. I think the Rockets, you got to win that game. You yeah. got to win the Rockets game. You got to win the the Magic game in Orlando. Uh, but they've been playing really well too. Yeah. And uh, our our guy Wendell Carter's out there smoking people from the three point line. He's <laughs> shooting he's shooting Lonzo numbers right now from three. Yeah, man. Uh, and then we come back home on the second night of a back to back against the Heat. That one is the one I'm really interested to see uh, how we match up because yeah. The Heat are one of the few teams that have been are projected to win more games than us right now, and have really just been uh, pretty phenomenal on, on yeah. both ends so far. I was I was skeptical of the Heat's offense mm-hmm. coming into the season, and I think you know I was a little worried about their um, their lack of depth and the age and injury history of some of their players. But so far, they've they've been putting it together, and they've as you mentioned before, they've got. They've got the defensive talent to bother our guys offensively. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game. But they, I mean, hey, uh, they got to score against us too. That's and, true. Very true. You know, Caruso and Lonzo are going to are going to have um, are going to have a lot of fun with with uh, <laughs> Jimmy Butler <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's it's another it's another tough week in the NBA. I don't think. Um, I mean, two of those games are, are going to be really tough. Uh, two more of those games are on back-to-backs, you know. Yeah. And then we got one, hopefully, give me in the middle of the week. Uh, it would be really nice to just just blow them out <laughs> and, yeah. and rest our starters for that one. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. What do you think What do you think uh, about that slate coming up? Um, I think for the Knicks game, uh, I think they've been – Against the Rockets, man. I'm. Uh, I was uh, looking at some of the the clips and saw some of the stat lines. Um, like they had a tough time with the Rockets for some reason. Um, I, I would have to watch the game to see what it was, but it, it was. Um, they had a pretty close close fight with the with the Rockets, and that's a little worrying if I'm a Knicks fan. Um, that 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 happened. Um, but. I, I just feel like the Bulls had uh, they had their taste of the what they're gonna do defensively um, against against uh, uh, Demar Derozan and, and Zach Levine. Um, I don't know if Tibbs will do it again, but I rem- they they just weren't gonna allow Levine and Demar Derozan to just run those pick and rolls uh, with any any problem. I mean, without any resistance, you know, they 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 basically tried to take them out of the game. Um, and make other others beat them. And one of the things that I that I like that the Bulls are starting to do more is again, it's funny how it's starting to fall into place. But uh, Lonzo <clears throat> has been, I feel like, been off ball a lot more. Um, like, yeah, he's still still bringing the ball up here and there. But I feel like there's been a lot of Demar Derozan. There's been a lot of um, uh, Levine has been a lot of uh, uh, Caruso as well. I feel like has been initiating some offense, but for the most part, I feel like Lonzo has been in positions to be able to catch and shoot. Um, and I feel like in the in the Knicks game, I felt like Lonzo was running too many 
uh, pick and rolls against them. I felt like he was in too yeah. many situations where he would be the one to create or have to create. And I think that that uh, switch of of uh, well, they haven't totally switched it, but the 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 um, the more that they they fall toward Demar Derozan being the ball handler and being the primary creator, I think the more uh, we'll see the offense become more efficient. Um, but I think that little twinge, that little wrinkle that they're doing now against the against the um, Knicks will help a lot. Um, being able to keep Lonzo in situations where he can be a catch and shoot shooter, um, and being able to attack closeouts and create for others. Um, so I, I think they'll they'll fare a, a little bit better than they did the first matchup. Um, and then after that, the Pacers, like coming into the season, I was not afraid of the Pacers, but I I just thought they were uh, they were going to be tough. But they just haven't panned out like I thought they would. And I've you know hearing Mark Schindler, um, our our guy Mark Schindler, um, talk about the the Pacers a bit um and tweet about them uh, you could just see there's some frustration there um they just maybe rick carlisle isn't the isn't what we thought he was going to be with this squad yet but I, I did see that they used uh domas uh sabonis a lot better tonight he looked like he was close to a triple double tonight so um that would it looks like they started maybe they'll find a rhythm we'll who knows but they haven't been playing as well so i'm not really worried about the pacers but again like you said it's on the the second night of a back to back, back to back. Um, yeah. So I mean, to be honest, man, <laughs> the one thing that I love is that this team is going to be in every game. And this team, when you have two guys like Zach Levine and Demar Derozan, there's no telling what you can do that night. Um, so I'm not really. I, I think the slate. I, I can see us. Let me see. So it's the Knicks, the Pacers, <clears throat> the Rockets, then the Magic and Heat. Yep. So if I had to guess or give a prediction, I would say they beat the Knicks. They beat the Pacers. I know that's tough, but I, I think they can I think they can win both those games. Um, they beat the Rockets. They so I think they can go four and one. Okay. I think I think I think the Heat will present some problems they haven't seen yet, and they'll just have to go back to the drawing board and use that as like a, um, you know, learning learning what they need to do against teams like that. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll lose to one of the Knicks or Heat, mm -hmm. and hopefully get the other games. But I could also see them going three and two. Yeah. Um, if they get caught by the Pacers on that back to back, or if they just lose the Knicks and to the Knicks and to the Heat, I can see yeah. that happening. Yeah. Um, also, we don't, we haven't heard anything about Vooch uh, coming back. So I'm, I'm worried about it. I, I always assumed he was going to be out of the Knicks game because that was, I think, the 10 day mark, I want to say, was mm -hmm. his Knicks game. But as much as I love the small ball revolution that's going on right now, we need that man back. He's, yeah. a, he's a really important part of that offense because, as you mentioned, what the Knicks did was try and double DeMar and Zach and, and make everyone else make plays. Vooch makes that, that strategy a lot more difficult to, to navigate uh, for, for an opposing defense. So it would be really helpful to have him against the Knicks, but uh, one thing that's going to happen. One thing I can say uh, or, or feel good about is that 
he may not be cleared uh, of the COVID protocols, but it's not something like an ankle or knee or shoulder. Like he's still going to be able to get his shots up. He's probably getting his shots up daily just to stay ready to go. And whenever the, um, he can get those two negative uh, tests. So I'm, I'm, I'm not so much worried about him coming back and being rusty. Uh, I get, I I obviously basketball shape is basketball shape. So that's something to be worried about, but I, I think, you know, just him being back and uh, um, being able to, you know, be that short roll guy and, and be that security blanket that we know he is. He's very smart, um, quick processor of the floor. So um, we missing him, man. Um, the only thing that worries me <clears throat> is I was uh, I was dri- I was driving to work and I was listening to uh, Keyshawn Will, Keyshawn Max and, and Jay Will. And Jason Williams or Jay Williams, my bad. Um, Jay Williams was saying, uh, as you know, former bull, um, he is very still in great condition. He's uh, he still works out almost every day. Um, he's he's a very still probably a very good athlete, but um, he was vaccinated and it took him three and a half weeks to get uh, two consecutive um, negative tests. So that that that. Mm. I hope that's not the case, but um, that was something that that caught that you know when I was listening, I was like, "Whoa, oh please no!" Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, that's no. happened to Zach. Zach yeah. missed like three and a half weeks last season. That is, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. So I think uh, Embiid is currently still out, right? Yeah. Uh, Matisse Tybel just came back because uh, he was out the game after. It was a game, no. It was the game before, like uh, Tybal went out when we played the the Sixers the second time, and then Embiid was out the game after that. So we'll see. Uh, and that was I can't remember how long ago. I just want to make one one point about the Knicks because Salim mentioned that half of the Mag- Magic's wins are against the Knicks. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are they've played eight playoff teams and eight or eight teams over five hundred and eight teams under five hundred. They are five and three against over 500 teams they are four and four against under 500 teams so they've lost four times to bad teams out of the eight games um the bulls have played 11 playoff teams they're six and five in those games and they've played five below 500 teams they're five and oh in those games that's what you got to do you got to take care of business so that needs to be that needs to be eight no at the end of this next week. Mm-hmm. That, that those are the, that's the way you get in the playoffs is yeah. you stack up those wins against bad opponents. So we'll see what happens. They got another fun week, but it's mentioned a couple of times in the comments here. Bulls are just fun to watch. Yeah, just fun to watch, and that's such a nice change. So really excited about how that how the um, the road trip went overall. I thought they could have been four and one. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, they they should have been four and one. Um, but I also thought they were going to lose in Denver before Jokic went out. <laughs> so yeah, count your blessings where you can. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to, you want to mention tonight before we let everyone go? And and we'll be back again next Saturday. Hopefully, we'll have uh, a guest. Mm. Uh, I know it's just the, the, you and me are always fun. I always enjoy <laughs> it, but it's fun to get someone else in here to mix up sometimes. As yeah, well. no, so we'll, we'll probably have someone next week. Um, no, I I um. I just feel like once again, like I, I was saying with, with Vooch, uh, just, just have some patience with Kobe. Um, yep. Have some patience with him. 
if I was Billy, um, I would continue to still do the 10 to 15 minute thing. Um, I wouldn't raise it. I wouldn't lower it uh, because uh, just just that's I think that's a good minute um, projection for him where it can't hurt the team. It can't, you know, it just can't hurt the team. It could, like it's at a it's 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 at a good limit. Um, and then once he continue, once he starts to show you that he's getting back um, that rhythm, he's playing with more confidence, then you can maybe raise it a little bit. Um, but you know, just stay, just stay, um, patient with Kobe. I thought some of the positives from the Kobe, um, against the nuggets is that he was looking to score. Um, when he had the ball, he was looking to create off, well, not create offense, but he was looking aggressive. Um, so yeah, he didn't make any shots, but the fact that he was trying to get some buckets, that's a step in the right direction. Um, he was a little bit more involved as well in the nuggets game and when he was out there on offense, I thought he made a great pass to uh, Javante on the break that led him to the basket for the dunk on the break. Um, so there were some positives. Yes, there was a lot of negatives, but there were also some positives. And that's what you want to do. You want. Yes, you you at the beginning. It's going to be tough, but you just want him to stack positive plays. You want him to stack um, good minutes. Um, and right now he just has to keep 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 working. Uh, him sitting on the bench or him going to the G League is not going to help. He has to be in the game. He has to yep. work through this. And like you said, you made a great point about Siakam. Same thing with Paul George. They had those same injuries, but these guys always going to have the ball in their hands. So it's it's a little bit easy for them to get out of their uh, get out of their funk because they're gonna they know they're gonna have those shots. Um, with Kobe, you don't know if he's gonna have zero shots, five shots, ten shots. He doesn't know. Yeah. So yeah. it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take some time. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of taking time. I thought we weren't going to be able to talk for more than 45 minutes today. <laughs> Here we are at almost two hours. So uh, always good to talk to you, man. I, I love breaking down film with you. I love talking to you about, about ball. And and what a great team that we get to, to cover this season. It's just been a joy. So um, thank you, Laro, for all that man. you do, man. I appreciate you. And thank you, thank you guys for listening in, uh, for watching, for staying up with, late with us. Uh, you can always catch us in podcast form or on YouTube, whatever you prefer. YouTube is a little bit easier or Twitch is a little bit easier if you want to catch the videos uh, that we break down uh, or you can catch us on any podcast platform. And thanks for, for hanging out with us. Bulls 101 for Chris and Laro. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Let's go 5-0 Bulls. 5-0. Let's go. Let's go, man. Let's go. All right. Peace. Peace.